0: So why did he need a uh, black director? Could a white director not have?
1: It's not color. It's culture.
0: Explain the difference, because I think we're. we're Steven in a space
1: Spielberg right did Schindler's List. hmm Martin Scorsese did Goodfellas, right? Steven Spielberg could direct Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese probably could have done a good job with Schindler's List, but there are cultural differences. I know, you know, we all know what. It is what a hot comb it hits your hair on a Sunday morning, what it smells like. That's a cultural difference, not just a color difference. All right, so it's a culture.
2: What's going on, good people? Rich here. School in the building.
1: What's happening, there?
0: Hey, guys. It's your girl, Ray P. Welcome back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, man, welcome. <laughs> hey, shout I was just
2: about to say, man, shout out to Ray P. Great. Three of us back together. Um. <laughs> You know, we held it down last week with replacements, but it's always, always a pleasure to be here with our girl Ray P. Man, things just ain't the same without you. Never, hey, uh, man.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I actually, I had the honor. I think I said this on the replacements episode. Um, I had the honor and the privilege to spend some time with Ray P. Last weekend at homecoming. Uh, yeah, pulled we'll up on her. Um, not bullshitting when I say. She was the reason I came to homecoming. I was planning on going with some people, and niggas nigged. I had no reason to go. And Ray P even said, "Look, I ain't even trying to be here for real, so you ain't even got." (laughs) I said, "Ray, you're not about to. We're not about to be in the same state, and I not pull up on you." Pulled up on, pulled up on Ray. Saw some people, you know, um, that I hadn't seen in a while. Good conversation, good energy. Um, So that was just one of the highlights of my past couple weeks, man. Just being around Ray P. So shout out to you. Shout out to everybody. Love you too, man. Love you more. You know what it is. Shout out to all y'all for listening. Um, for tuning in with us for another week. We appreciate y'all. We're in the last quarter of the year. Feels like yesterday it was a year ago. This time we were talking about it and just getting things rolling. And um, you know, it's exciting times, exciting times. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I want to give a shout out to School's Guilty Pleasures, yes sir. Um, today, the day we're recording his first official episode, drop demolition man. Him and myself talked about that movie. Um, uh, very interesting conversation that's available now. Check it out. Um, proud of you, school. Thank you. Keep man. going with that, man. That's gonna be coming out every uh excuse me, bi-weekly. So every two weeks on Tuesdays, it'll be on the culture garden feed. So yeah. he's already got his next episode lined up and planned. Looking forward to that. And obviously, Ray P, When well, we got y'all. Um, mm-hmm. we're in October now, so that means November's rolling up. We got a show coming for y'all in November. Uh, I think we probably are gonna have some kind of conversation before then. Yeah, um, even if it's just one episode or something, we're probably just going to check in on y'all, see what y'all up to. Um, so, yeah, be that's on the link tree as well. Please follow that free feed, subscribe, um, our YouTube page, all of that. Please comment, share. You know, anybody likes movies or television, please get them hip to our page because we love having these conversations with y'all. And today we're going to be discussing Regina King's directorial debut. Yes. One Night in Miami. Mm-hmm. Ray P.,
0: Yes.
3: this
2: is your choice it was your week to pick what made you go with this film
0: um honestly I picked it on the fly at homecoming
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know that's funny
0: uh I maybe have watched something on prime the week prior and maybe it came up in my things to watch and I had seen it before but it was literally extremely random when I said to you, let's do one night in Miami. I hadn't even really thought about it. I just it must have been fresh in my mind from seeing um the well, icon. Well,
3: icon <laughs> that's,
2: yeah. fu- that's funny. You say that just for the simple fact that um hmm. I, I when I when we did when I saw you homecoming, we had taken a week off. So we didn't hmm. record that week. Mm-hmm. so when I pulled up, I said, Ray, what movie are we doing? You said, no, we got the week off. I said, we just had our off week. It was like, oh, so that's how it really went. She was like, uh, one night in Miami. She texted me on later on, so <laughs> I was excited. I was excited for the pick.
0: Yeah, it, it was literally just like that. My mind has been such in such bad shape, like, so forgetful. So much work going on. I was like, oh, don't we have time off?
2: Yeah, Ray P was on tour. She was on tour. <laughs> but uh, I, I love the choice. I love the choice and I think this might be the most current film that we've done, y'all. If I'm not mistaken, I think this is the the most current film. I don't think we've done anything newer.
1: Mm, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're
2: right. This really, Lock- Love came out in like 2020, 2019, right? That was probably the next thing, A Queen of Slim around there. Yeah, yeah. And
0: Malcolm and Marie. That's all 2020. 2020. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This came out 2021, so this might be it. So either way, synopsis of this film: a fictional account of one incredible night where icons Muhammad Ali malcolm x sam cook and jim brown gathered discussing the roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 60s as far as the stats for this film goes it was released january 8th 2021 directed by the incredible the incomparable the the beautiful the yeah. talented yes the, you can't say enough about her regina king Cincinnati's um, own baby yeah man for her to have she's definitely directed television episodes but mm-hmm. for this to be her directorial debut I was just so happy for her and how well the film came out. Not surprised, of course, um, but very happy for it and really enjoyed the reverence that the cast had for when they were discussing this film. It just, yeah, yeah, we brought you to it. I mean, get to work with Regina King, like, and her having that hat of being an actor and being able to see behind the lens. So she knows how everything goes and giving good direction. I mean, just, I can't say enough good things about Regina. As y'all can tell, we love her. Um, The film was written by Ken Powers. He wrote and co-directed Soul, the animated film, uh, mm-hmm. with Pixar, with Jamie Foxx. He's the director of the second Spider-Man animated film with Miles Morales. So he's getting some, like, box office shit popping. Like, yeah, he's really, really talented. He's also doing the next one in that Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Verse. But this film had a budget of an estimated $16.9 million. It wasn't a box office film, so we don't know what the return was as far as the streaming numbers and all that. And it is currently streaming on Prime Video. The film had 182 nominations with 69 wins as far as awards go. Um, It was nominated for three Academy Awards. Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role, Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, Best Adapted Screenplay for Kent Powers and Best Achievement in Music by Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, Three Golden Globes. um, If you remove the screenplay and add Best Director for Regina King and four NAACP Image Awards. Uh, I want to ask you guys this question. Leslie Odom was nominated.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Out of the four, was that the right choice? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I just want to make sure. If you if you had to pick a second, who would you have picked? Um, I would pick uh Ben Adir. Kingsley Benadere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to have a conversation about we'll have a conversation about all of them and their portrayals. Um, I really I want to get your thoughts, and I can tell by Rachel's smile. Yeah. Um, That is going to be a pretty entertaining conversation. As far as the cast goes, we have Kingsley Benadir as Malcolm X, Eli Gore as Cassius Clay, Aldous Hodge as Jim Brown, Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke. That was the main cast. Uh, I was talking, we were talking, excuse me, before recording, and it kind of feels like Malcolm and Marie. And that kind of small cast, small setting, and really have all the action be the dialogue and the conversation. So... Um. obviously there are other people in the film we'll get to that a little bit later on um, a lot of big name actors were interested in roles in this film i don't have any names per se but regina king said a lot of big name actors really wanted to be in this film but they didn't want to audition and she mm. said she wasn't going to cast anybody who wasn't willing to audition for it because and this isn't her words but i'm assuming you guys are playing four historical figures i'm not just going to pick you off a whim just because you 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 good at being you but can't you be sam cook and i think that helps when you have films like this when you are portraying these larger than life people right to have more of an unknown i mean obviously you know aldis hodge she has been around forever um rachel might know this did you watch all of i know you watch ballers did you watch all the ballers
0: um i didn't watch the i think i haphazardly watched the final season
2: so the final season had Joy Bryan in it. and Her son was Eli Gore. He was like the high school quarterback. That's the first time I'd ever seen him. Got he plays catches Clay in this film, so I, I didn't know that. But um, yeah, so a lot of these other people, they just kind of an unknown. So you have to watch specific things to know them. So I like the fact that they did that.
0: Except for um, Les.
2: Yeah, Leslie on the joint. Hamilton, obviously, and just super talented. Super talented brother. Uh, but I think it worked out. And I think the casting department got it down pat.
0: For
2: sure, um, I, I definitely agree. How do we feel about? All right, a couple questions. The portrayal of Malcolm X, not Malcolm himself, but just the overall portrayal of him. How did y'all <laughs> feel about it? I kind of got a little mix of unintentional Obama mixed with Malcolm. Like I don't, I don't, yes. I don't know if that sounds right. If you guys get what I'm saying with
1: it, yeah, I. I, Go ahead, I definitely hear what you're what you're speaking of, and I know he played uh, Obama as well. I also think if you pay attention a little bit, that that prosthetic, whatever was going on with his mouth, um, I think he had on uh, like an uh, extra set of teeth or something going on there. I think that was also hindering him a little bit with that speech. Hmm, I never even paid attention to that.
0: That yeah. um, he's British, so. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: trying to get that cadence again being yeah. a nigga's just matter matter.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um yep. I it just didn't curl all the way over for me. I felt like he was kind of too swirly or something to be Malcolm. Like he wasn't, even though he's with his boys, dare I say he wasn't like stoic enough. And I think it's really Two things. I'm gonna say it's hard to play Malcolm after Denzel.
1: Yes.
3: Facts.
0: That's the first thing. But um I accidentally just closed the my browser, but the gentleman who played Malcolm X in the first three seasons of um
2: Godfather Harlem.
0: Godfather of Harlem is perfect. I think he should always, always, always play Malcolm X.
2: I, I I really do love that. That's one of my favorite things when people cross over characters or movies and television crossover. Like if you played it in one thing, I think the uh the brother who played Biggie and Notorious was playing Biggie in the Tupac movie. Yeah. like I love stuff like that. So <laughs> that's a very good point, Ray P. Um, yeah, I, I I I don't know if I can directly put my thumb on it, but something he did it and it's almost like you picking at it because it was an incredible performance, mm-hmm. but there was just something that wasn't Malcolm-ish all the way there. He got some of it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't all the way there. And I know the intention was to get these brothers out of their public image element. And I got something to say about the whole Malcolm, because, you know, obviously.
0: Uh, Nigel Thatch. You
2: know, Nigel, Nigel Thatch. Okay. Then shout out to him. Um, obviously, with Malcolm and his character in this film particular, uh, particular particularly, excuse me. He's a little bit of a, in the words of Joe Button, a buzzkill. Yeah. Um, but I think there's reason behind it, and I'll, I'll, we can get into that. Uh, yeah. School, I know you love Will Smith and as Ali, um, mm-hmm. love Will Smith in general. How do you feel about Eli um, as Cassius Clay, which obviously we know is Muhammad, but in this film he was Cassius Clay, so we'll refer to
1: him as that. Yeah, Um. listen, he did his thing. I'll give him his props. I remember, I think this is what held me back from watching this movie at first was was that character i'm like man i don't even wanna i don't want to see nobody play muhammad but will um and i watched it and he was amazing especially that kentucky accent those um mm-hmm. second, the, when he said second i got i got you a, a seat in the second row right the next second one. row yeah yeah like i can't say it i ain't even gonna attempt. But that was Ali, like better yeah. than Will. Like uh so, I was gonna ask you that. Yeah, so he he definitely he embodied that. He did his thing.
0: I'm inclined think. to agree, school. I think the intro scene with him. The accent was kind of funky. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the accent or the performance in general, but the more scenes he got, the more that accent sort of just became second nature. And it just truly curled all the way over for me. Like it, it was almost spot on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It it was good to the point where I you ever you ever something so good, or I guess takes you Back to the point where you're like, damn, man, am I tripping? Is it is it <laughs> this good or am I tripping? Yeah, it was one of those type of things. I'm like, damn, he's yeah. really like on on a will type of level when For it comes sure. to getting this accent down and, and things of that nature. Um, school, you brought up a good point. I want to ask you, Rachel, were you apprehensive at all when you were gonna watch the movie? Um, I know you watch everything, but were you apprehensive about? All right, let's see how they're gonna do. Because uh, no. these are some okay.
0: No, and honestly. By the time this came out, um, not to say it like that, but the Jim Jones of yesteryear, or not Jim Jones, Jim Brown. <laughs> the Jim Brown of yesteryear is not the Jim Brown of today. So, hey,
3: so right, yeah.
0: Legacy is a little bit different. So, maybe some of, I don't want to say the regard or deference isn't the same, but. Mm-hmm. It's just that activist and who we know him to be now are not the same person. So yeah, I didn't feel anyway. Um, I was excited to see what all this Hodge would do just because I like, I love him, actually. That's my dog. But I was a little disappointed by this performance. Um
2: mm, That seems to be, a. Uh, uh, I wasn't personally, but I've seen multiple people say if they were to pick one, it was that.
0: Yeah. 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 I I'm very, very, very surprised.
2: Um mm. dang. I kind of knew what was gonna happen.
0: That he didn't smoke that the way that I thought that he could have or would have. And the other two I was mostly unfamiliar with, or not Leslie Odom, but I was unfamiliar with Kingsley. So
1: do you I mean, do you think that that Jim Brown um thing is simply because of what you mentioned uh, that we don't know young Jim Brown like there I is. think he you nailed young Jim Brown personally.
0: Um, I don't I don't know who young Jim Brown is. I mean, I watched Jesus. the express. <laughs>
1: That's what I'm saying. It's
0: like, I, that I, you know what I'm saying. I don't know, but for me, seeing all this in something like the underground and as deep and as much as that role pulled and then even something as lighthearted as what men want Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. thought that he would give me a little bit more so even if he was if young Jim Brown is the quiet stoic type other than when he's on the field or on screen that's fine but even the quiet moments it, it weren't they weren't giving me what a quiet moment requires you know what i'm saying
2: i okay that is something i can completely agree with Mm -hmm. um i know a little bit and seen some stuff on young jim brown so seeing it and hearing like just the cadence of his voice and all of that was Mm -hmm. very spot on Mm -hmm. Um, just that stoic demeanor however i will say certain moments like when it's him and malcolm after Cassius and sam go out you are right from a just i want to see more on screen perspective Mm-hmm. It wasn't all the way there. And I love Aldous Hodge. Like, I'm a yeah. big fan of Aldous. Um, I got hip to him. I talk about it all the time. One of my favorite shows, Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. He played Ray Voodoo Tatum. Like, I've been a fan ever since. Um, but yeah, I, I, that was one of the things that I read a lot of where people were like, all right, that was kind of I'm not. There were no weak performances at all. But yes. um, the other three kind of stood out a little bit more than his. And I wonder if how much of that was what he had to do, what his role was in this
1: whole thing. I don't know. I don't know. It might be a mixture of everything. I, I, I believe it's that 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 last part that you just said. I mean, he's against three huge figures, especially um, with Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X, who when you portray them, you have an accent, you have um a way you, a way you walk. Like, it's a lot that goes into that, um, those two characters in the, alone. And then you add Sam Cook. now you got to be able to sing. Like, it's so mm-hmm. much that those other three were uh, asked to do. And then Sam yeah. Brown, and it's like, he didn't even get a chance to play football. We didn't even see no football highlights. So it's yeah. like...
2: <laughs> That's real. That's, yeah, because you, you
0: that's a fair assessment.
2: Yeah, yeah, because the, the core of this film is really Malcolm and Sam mm-hmm. and their dialogue and their you know disagreement. While you also have such a you can't out you can't outshine Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay, whoever you want to call it, like his personality is just too big. So yeah. and in to your regard, school, you were you're right about that. Yeah. you kind of do have to play the straight man, um, as we talk about in other films, like mm-hmm. just the one that's there. Um, but I yeah. think I still did enjoy his performance. Um, as far as the origin of the film goes, first I want to just shout out the Hampton House um, in Miami, Florida. It is as of February of this year, a national historic landmark. As um, a- it is, you know, it got restored into a museum, so you can actually go and see you can see this room that they were in um, and kind of relive a lot of those moments back in the segregated South. Obviously, black people weren't allowed to stay, you know, at the Fountain Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, places like that celebrities for that matter so the hampton house housed them you know mlk malcolm x everybody you see in this film sammy davis jr joe lewis every black celebrity if you were somebody you were staying at the hampton house mm-hmm. so we just want to shout out to them if you actually like i said it's a museum so if you are in miami check it out i know next time i go to miami who, who knows when that will be uh, but next time i do i'm gonna go check it out uh, mm-hmm. i mentioned Kim powers who wrote this this was originally a screen uh, a play um yeah I'm, I'm, yeah i'm sure everybody knows so this started because he was reading a book called Redemption Song uh, mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali in the Spirit of the Sixties. It was written by Mike Marquez and there was a throwaway paragraph in that book about all four of these men meeting at a hotel in Miami after Ali won the champion, uh, won the championship belt uh, by beating Sonny Liston. And he was like, hold on, what? Like, that was just like a throwaway line in the, in the whole book and they never <laughs> talked about it again. Yeah. He was like, hold on, like that line just stood out to me. What do you mean they all just met? Like, what happened? So he spent all this time trying to figure out what happened. Nobody talked about it. Yeah. Nobody talked about what was discussed, what went on in that room. Um, Jim wouldn't even allude to it when he went to go revisit it. There's something on YouTube you guys can see, NFL Network did, where he went back to that room. Obviously, he was the last living um, yeah. of the four. Um, But just not much to say. So it was one of those where, hmm, if I was there, if I was a fly on the wall, what do I think this conversation would be like? Right. And I think that his – dialogue is the real star of the whole film for sure the yeah. fact that he took that just use your imagination and say hmm what would this look like and come out with this as the end result was incredible um, i can't say enough good things about him in this and he used some real things about their life and real facts about them without actually copying them he mm-hmm. said directly i didn't want to make a book report you know what I mean? I didn't want yeah. to just retell their life. I just wanted real things. So, the only thing they really knew about that night was they ate in the light screen. Yeah. Everything <laughs> else is up in the air. But, yeah. Um, Kemp said that black men's innate humanity and vulnerability is rarely on display, and showing friendship is rarely on display. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's probably the most important part, just for the simple fact that um, it. we talked about a little bit on If Bill Street Could Talk. Like, just that open vulnerability. It felt like, and if you're a little bit older, you'll understand this. Like, there's certain friends that you probably hung with all the time. Mm-hmm. And as you get older and live your own life, when you catch up to kick it, you kind of pick up where you left off. Yeah, And that's what this felt like. It didn't feel forced or so weird. It didn't feel like four celebrities in a room. It mm-hmm. felt like they really knew each other and they fucked with each other. They know intimate things, would share intimate things. And that's the biggest thing I liked about it. Mm-hmm.
0: The way that they were chopping each other up You gotta be real friends, gotta be real friends. (laughs) You gotta be real friends for us to recover, even Mm -hmm. though it almost came to blows, you know, allegedly. Um you've gotta be real friends to survive moments like that and intense moments, you know. Yeah,
2: that's a fact because you need real friends, real friends are always gonna tell you the truth, whether you want to hear it, need to hear it, if as long as it's gonna progress you and it's not spiteful, but those are probably the people you have the, the worst fights with. Yeah. The ones you care about the most. Because they know what buttons to push and they know what to say to really get under your skin to piss you off. For sure. Yes. Um, yes. Speaking of Malcolm and Sam and just their words. So there was no documented evidence of them having any issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim Powers said that he used his own internal confliction to make that whole dialogue happen. Um, he was on Star Trek Discovery writing he was the only black person on staff and he was having this internal war about how much of myself do I insert into this room knowing I'm the only person here? Yeah. And just that that struggle of white, black and yeah. what's too black. Am I doing enough? Am I am I not doing you to know, me? Am I not doing anything at all? Like whatever the case is.
0: I think that that is even now still a struggle. That is still something to consider, especially if you're in predominantly white spaces. If you're in corporate America, how much of me are they are they going to get, you know? Code switching is real. And to see yes. entertainers do that, I think, you know, my dad is a real big Sam Cooke fan or yeah. was essentially, Um <clears throat> So I'm familiar with quite a bit of his music and just seeing some of the um some of even the internal struggle he had with the whitewashing of his music, even though he was the one doing it, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: yeah. To go from being this church nigga, hello. Um <laughs> This gospel star to then you cross over the beloved coveted crossover success,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and this what you making?
2: Yeah, it ain't and always what you what it seems. It's
0: seen. not always what it seems. It was very interesting, and I wonder, especially for Malcolm to be such a good friend of yours. I do wonder how much of that conversation was real, even if it was multiple conversations, overheard and pieced together. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, you're making music for them and not for for you, let alone your people. That's crazy. Right.
2: Right. Um, I have more things to say about that. I have more (laughs) things to say about that. Before I get there, um, one last thing, we'll get into some categories. Regina King, I just want to shout her out again because this was the first, uh, her film debut, it was the first Black woman director that the Venice Film Festival hosted.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. that was a
2: first for them. Um, So the pressure of, she said she felt pressure of opening more doors for success Mm -hmm. um, and that's why she was really intentional and really careful with this film and wanted to make sure that it came out the right way because she knew so many people were coming after her. So if she didn't do well, that meant people behind her wouldn't do well and she really had a woman's take on things i think there's something that i found very interesting that goes to show about regina king and just having a black woman tell a story about black men um she's the one that said you know it's a love letter to black men Mm -hmm. um but the malcolm x scene with the daughter and the notes and the scavenger hunts yes that was something that wasn't in the screenplay that was something regina king had found out and was like huh like can you write this in the script and she he was like sure um Kim Powers to say, like, I don't think a man, a male director would have done that. Like, I don't think he would have taken the time to show that side and that love of a black father and his daughters, yeah. and just those intimate moments that not a lot of people know about. Yeah. Um, and I just, I thought that was just a really cool story. Just how st- the vision of certain people, you can see certain things. Like, oh, that would be a real good touch in the movie. Um, sure. And obviously the film is somewhat of a tragedy just because when you're looking at the date, February 24th, or February 25th, 1964, um, you know that two of the four men are within the last 12 months of their life. And mm-hmm. it does give a different perspective when you look at it from that stance. But I will say the film did a great job of, I guess, keeping you in that room and keeping you in that moment. Yeah. Um, for, for us to, have been, to know that that's happening, you don't think about it often. Other than, of course, Malcolm knowing he's being followed and
1: peeping out the window. Um, so yeah. School, you gonna say something about that? No, I was just gonna say uh I was gonna say exactly what you said about Malcolm just being paranoid and that, mm-hmm. that obvious even with the conversation with Sam when Sam's like you're you're not as fun, <laughs> not as fun as you once were. And if you Malcolm, it's like, bro, I got I got a shit ton of stuff going on, you know, which is you know real life. Um, I recently just finished the book, uh, The Autobiography of, of Malcolm X, uh, and it was powerful, very powerful. So, a lot of this shit is real.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, I'll ask y'all it's two years old,
2: school, classic or not? I'm
1: going to call it a classic. Right, P?
0: Um, culturally relevant and significant. I don't know if I'm gonna give it
2: a classic. I'm it gonna go there. I, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna say it's a classic. I okay. Um, I'm jumping the gun on it. Let me acknowledge that. i mean, jumping the. I'm jumping the gun on it being a classic. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. You have to have maybe five years or so. <laughs> it's either you know right away. Either you know right away that that's something that's going to be in your life forever. Or you give it a good five years or so. See how you feel about it. Um, A lot of things can change in five years, your perspective, your taste. Uh, but art holds up the test of time. Um, and this is one that I do feel that I'll be watching yearly um, yeah. for quite some time. I just think it's that good. Um, I don't know. Actually, now that I say that out loud. Listen. It I, depends on how often I hear the conversation, like because it's the same conversation, but it is relevant. So mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is a good reminder. Maybe yearly might be a stretch, but maybe every couple years, every two three years, I'm definitely going to be watching this.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I I look at it. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say it's very interesting. The first time I watched this movie when it first came out, I was. Oh my God, this is amazing. This is mm-hmm. so good. I'm going to watch this. And I never went back to it until it was time for me to watch or mm-hmm. recording. And all three times I watched it, it was a struggle to get
1: through. Oh, yeah. I See, I was going to say the opposite, right? I was going to say that's what made me feel like this is a classic. I watched this mm-hmm. four different times and I I, I watched it fully every time like and i went back on a couple parts like
0: mm-hmm.
1: um that, that malcolm and and sam just
0: yeah that was the highlight
1: yeah oh, for sure they, <laughs> um it's funny because
2: ray p dare i say you're highlighting our experience with queen and slim mm. how Ooh. we loved it the first time
0: in my life
2: yeah I'm thinking about our episode and how you just I remember in school and myself specifically talking about the first time we saw it and just being like, oh, my goodness, this is yeah. incredible. And then it just fades mm-hmm. over time, Um, especially after listening to you. You really killed that movie for me. I can't watch it. I can't watch it the same without picking up on certain things you said. But I digress. Um, Nothing's like that first watch. Yeah. When you watch One Night Miami, there's nothing like that first watch. I will agree there. Uh, but it does still hold up, especially if you haven't watched it in a few years. Yeah. I don't know how you struggled through it. three times. Maybe because you knew you had to. I think. I'll, let me ask you. Let me ask both of you guys. Do you think sometimes when we're doing these films, be, it's because it's we're not doing it for fun? Yep. I, it's for fun. Don't get me wrong, y'all. Mm-hmm. But it's also work. We have to make sure that we sit here and take notes and deliver mm-hmm. quality content to y'all. So it is a little bit of, oh, okay, I have to do this. It's a bit yeah. of a chore. Yeah. Versus, yeah. I'm just chilling on a Saturday afternoon and I just want to watch One Night in Miami. For yeah. sure. But I okay. try to
1: watch it early enough that I can't make it a good experience. A like, <laughs> and like, you if, if you say you try good. to watch it early enough, yes, I try to watch okay. it as soon as I'm, I know what it is. I try to watch it the very next day so I can chill, get back, eat some popcorn, get that experience. And then yeah. I watch it the other two, three times as take note as a podcaster. <laughs> okay, I got you. That's fair. That's fair. I, I I do the same.
0: Not every movie, um, but for whatever reason, I felt like this. I was like, "Damn, bitch, this was your choice." So
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> why are you asking like that? Uh um,
2: nah, that's funny. But it, no, but it, you know what? Not to cut you off real quick, right, P? Um, it's funny you say that, just because. I learned that early on. There were movies that I hadn't seen in years. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this! And I watch them when it's time to do the pod. And I'm like, damn man, I wish we, I would have picked something else. Because <laughs> I remember why, liking shit a certain way, and I'm like, oh man, like I would have never picked this shit if I if I actually sat down and watched it before.
0: For right. sure, for sure. So I don't know. Like I'm not. I want to make it seem like I'm saying the movie is horrible because I I still don't feel like that, even though I struggled to to get through it or found myself distracted throughout <laughs> multiple <laughs> watches. Um oh, man. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's just very interesting. I'm actually quite surprised at my reaction to it considering what it once was.
2: So let's get into it. You talked about it. What was your first experience?
0: Uh the I watched it like the day it premiered um mm-hmm. all the time and I loved it. Like I can go probably through my Twitter archive and see me talking about it. You know what I'm saying? But
2: that's a good idea. I might do that later. Yeah,
0: that'd be cute. Um, so I loved it then.
1: School. I know you remember your first experience. Yeah, yeah. It was uh the day it dropped. Our date? No, nah, nigga. Uh-huh. I pulled uh-huh. up on you.
2: Hold on, see, niggas be lying. Uh, listen, you
0: did. <laughs> no, I didn't watch it the first time.
2: <laughs> And he, he convinced me. Yeah. I definitely pulled up on school. Mm-hmm. I watched it. I watched it the day it dropped um, mm-hmm. and was on my Ray P shit. Like, yo, this is incredible. Like, one of those moments where I call school, like, yo, you watch One Night in Miami yet? Yeah. I'm pulling okay. up. So I pulled up on him and we watched it together. Because um, mm-hmm. there were certain moments that everybody out there listening, you guys know what it feels like when you introduce somebody to a movie. So you kind of checking them to see like if they're gonna react the same way I reacted at certain scenes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like going to the theater twice. I told you I'm sick. I do that, um, but going to a theater twice and seeing if the same crowd has the same reactions to certain shit. Uh, but I definitely remember sitting down and watching it with you, and you definitely fucked with it. Mm-hmm. That's what's
0: up. And
2: yeah. was and with Saudi uh, Eli was was killing it. <laughs> yeah, Eli was killing. Yeah, you were Saudi. You mm-hmm. were Saudi. You were surprised too because I you, I remember you saying you were you were apprehensive about that. Yep. Um. Rachel, you said earlier about you gotta be friends to have those kind of conversations, mm-hmm. um, and just to be cracking like that. And that was one of the things I, I told you earlier. Regina said it's a love letter to black men, um, and that's just one of the things I appreciate the most. You, Jim, knows Sam well enough to know like I know he got a stash on him somewhere. Yeah, like I know this ain't no dry room. Sam got something. <laughs> yeah. Like check that guitar case. Like trust me, I know my niggas. Yeah. <laughs> he got something on him, those are small things that I just kind of love. Um, you have the two friends that are always gonna butt heads no matter what, even if it's about small, shit, it might not be as deep as what Sam and Malcolm were talking about, but you just know, like, yeah, that's my nigga. like, but we just have we're too like minded, whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, sharing intimate details with it, like I said, when Jim's told Cassius, I'm in a movie, like I did a movie last year, yeah. um, that's something he didn't want to get out, but he was comfortable enough sharing with Cassius, mm-hmm. and obviously. The uh, the honesty that went on. And I think a lot of that had to do with something that Cassius told Sam when they were in the car. Like We have to stick around each other because only we get each other. For sure. You you saw that. And obviously not everybody is a foursome like that. But you got your crew. Yeah. And if you get each other and understand your struggles and understand everything you've gone through to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. that you do kind of need each other in a sense and it does sting a little bit more when um certain people you know don't live up to your expectations or kind of cross codes and all that mm-hmm. uh, you, there's a certain a level of respect that you carry with that and that's what was beautiful about it you can have all of this and still have resolution at the end still have that final conversation like look this is where i'm coming from like i've at the end of the day, no matter how much we go back and forth, it could be hours. So we always gonna end it with the look. You steal my nigga dog. Like, my dog. I just, mm-hmm. I just want you to know why I'm like this and where it's coming from. So I always thought that was dope. Um, and even,
0: even though the arguments did go left, and they were talking crazy. It's the intent behind the crazy talk matters. You know what I'm
2: saying? Yeah. yeah, Even
0: when the delivery. And there were attacks on character happening for sure. Sure. Straight
1: up. A lot. (laughs) A lot. But I also love the fact that, like you guys were saying, that they are all such good friends that, you know, Cassius went after uh, Sam and that left uh, Jim and, and Malcolm alone to talk. And Jim knew. Some was up with Malcolm, like yo, like you usually be on Sam, but not this hard, bro. Like, what's up? What's going on? Like, talk to me. Hey,
0: you. Want on the one and the two tonight, ain't you?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you on y'all? Yeah.
2: That just brought up a good point, school. That's how you know you got a real crew. Mm-hmm. Some people got there's some friend groups out there, and they're strong or whatever, but not everybody can hang one on one. Yeah. 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 You know that's your circle circle when you can like it's just me and this person me and that person me. Not mm-hmm. everybody can do that. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um so that was a that was a very interesting thing. And also I just love the fact that you have these names that we revere. Um and when you look at your legends and your icons and your leaders um and when you grow up with them being taught to you, you look at them in a certain light mm-hmm. and this shows them just as for lack of a better term, you know, just regular brothers. Regular, um, yeah, just regular dudes trying to figure out. Jim Jim Brown trying to get some yams. Like, that's <laughs> what I wanted to do. It's fight night. That's all I wanted to do.
1: Yeah. Nobody's trying to
2: hit. Sit here and talk to Malcolm. We want to go out here on the town. Like we just regular dudes.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, That's the fact, and and the fact that uh. Cashes is still struggling with converting because that nigga damn show sure was drinking an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> 22, could you imagine? 22 and I just won the heavyweight championship
2: mm-hmm. of the world? Yes, sir. And I got to give up what? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Shout out to Toledo. Shout out to Toledo. Yeah. Shout out to Toledo, man. Who would have thought Toledo would get a shout out?
0: <laughs> no, that. A
3: lot no,
2: of- no, not saying it. Oh. I'm not saying it like that. I'm <laughs> not saying it like that. I was about to say, because when we recorded Demolition Man, Cincinnati got a shout-out. Mm-hmm. So we doing back-to-back days. I didn't even get to finish my whole sentence. Rachel, yeah. hey, Rachel, out of my head. Toledo
0: <laughs> always, you can I'm telling you, Toledo always has a random shout-out in a show or movie. Yeah.
3: Cookie, shout-out him
0: out? Always. Don't sleep on the glass city. Hello. Um,
2: <laughs> what movie do we do? Hit Not, not Hitch. What's the other one? Uh, Focus. The Toledo, oh, yeah, pirate, yeah. whatever that was, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Fucking all American.
2: Yeah, <laughs> man, I love there. Very quick sidebar. When I saw Rachel, uh, someone asked me where I was. Like, where you living? And it was like Toledo, and my natural response was like, "Hell nah And Rachel, um, and shout out to Shy man. They both kind of get looked at me like, "Nigga, talk about our city." I forgot where I was.
0: Come on, you in the mud talking shit? That's crazy. Yeah,
2: man. Yeah, Find and I'll some-
0: play where it's safe. <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> um, and also the time of the time, nineteen sixty four. Sam Cook was really the one, for sure, out of all four of these. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's crazy, but as time moves on, a lot of people don't study their history. You know Muhammad Ali because of what he became. Obviously, you know the legend of Malcolm X mm-hmm. and um Jim Brown is Jim Brown. But at that moment in time, Sam Cook was. You seen how Jamal was asking Jim Brown for his autograph as soon as Sam pulled up, he left. Like I don't go fuck that's Sam Cook nigga. Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, he was
2: the one. He was the one.
1: Yeah, that was uh. I I remember telling you, Rich, like that was one of the things that bothered me about this movie. And I'll and I'll guess I'll get into it then. But yeah. What was? <sighs> um just just the 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 fact that like malcolm was so hard on uh sam cook but sam was really sam was the culture like everything the only person that sold more albums and records than um, sam cook is elvis presley and what i mean about him being the culture was like whatever sam did the culture followed like when he stopped doing that perm shit and start wearing his natural hair so did everyone else like when he stopped wearing them suits and start wearing different type of clothing so did everyone else like sam ran the culture like that's why i was confused at malcolm x coming at him crazy like nigga i'm the culture whatever i say goes like sam was that nigga.
0: doing nothing like for the culture and he's making his white ass music and changing his performance you're not being authentic you putting on so which one is real is that you Listen. or is this you? You at this white ass hotel. Why yeah. you can't stay with the niggas? You doing a lot good. of extra shit.
2: This is made up. This hold is- on. Oh, ooh, hold on. I've always wanted to say this. I've always wanted to say this. Is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic?
0: That's it. <laughs> That's it. Oh, you took the words. You took the words. But I don't... The dialogue in and of itself, but... How much of it is really made up? I, I know these songs, you know? I've heard these covers.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Are, you know what I'm saying? So he really was doing that shit. He really was making that music. You really were sacrificing, quote unquote. You really was acting like the white man's ice was colder.
2: hmm And...
3: that's what the
2: central conversation is and that's why it's still relevant and that's why you could probably watch it every few years because that's still a conversation going on Mm -hmm. Um, i think it was highlighted in the scene with cassius and sam you already have something that you take for granted which is power Mm -hmm. power for us to be who we are unapologetically like without having to look for the approval or answers from anyone and i think for us who were born in the 80s Man, it's I can't even fathom what it was like, not just being born in the 60s, but being a, an adult, a full grown adult mm-hmm. um, in segregated 1964, 1960, whatever. And operate what the pressure was of Sam and the, like the I don't even want to say pressure, but the responsibility that he had, whether he wanted it or not
3: mm-hmm.
2: to be that person and to be that voice.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: on one hand, can you blame him for doing what he wants to do? No, because that's your human right. On the Mm -hmm. other hand, my nigga, we struggling. Like I felt them. The most convincing Malcolm was was towards the very end when he said, Black people are dying in the street every day. Like you cannot, there's no, you gotta pick a side. There's no bullshit with this. Niggas is dying for real. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not mad just to be mad. And that's part of my if I was to shoot Malcolm any bail in this film, it's because in school, you made the point of where he is in life right now. Mm-hmm. And I you don't have say, time to yeah. yeah, like I don't have a time. Like I'm one of them, like if I'm one of the other ones, Malcolm, my nigga, one night.
3: Mm-hmm. My, nigga,
2: my nigga cash is just one. Like yeah. can we celebrate this one night? And I can also understand Malcolm saying, I don't, I might not have one night. Right. I want to make sure y'all are crystal clear on this. So no. it makes sense when I look at it from that perspective of why Malcolm was on that. Because I'm like, my nigga, this is if that was my nigga, my nigga, this is ridiculous. Yeah, what are we talking about? Like, what what is this?
0: I was gonna say it earlier, sidebar, but Malcolm planning the after party was absolutely fucking nuts. I can't believe I can't believe they went for that. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. What y'all on? Like what y'all think was gonna happen?
0: Yeah. (laughs) We might just be in here quoting the Quran.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what did you think was gonna happen? Um
0: to get drunk and kick it. So
2: so there's not. Like I said, this is kind of Malcolm and Marie-ish, where the scenes are all one big scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's look at it from this perspective. Are there any conversations that you guys want to have about the dialogue that they shared?
0: Well, I I've got a couple of scenes and literally just a couple because to okay. your point, everything is live. So I'll just jump in. Yeah, let's go um, from there. The intro, Sam at the Copa, because one, that's our introduction to see the portrayal essentially of him in this movie what we learned his character to be what he holds as valuable
3: Mm -hmm. um
0: again that whitewashing shit it just was very intriguing to me and i thought about it in regards to dream girls and there was another movie um where we see these black artists the
1: temptations
0: Temptations, yeah, but when they got to the COPA, the audience was geeked, so that might be 68, so four years later essentially, Mm -hmm. um, that white audience was geeked to see the Temptations. But when I think of the history of Black performance and you know the subjugation of black bodies and being forced to perform and this that and the third so for all the white folks to be so put off by these black people singing beautifully and entertaining it was wild to me but I know that it was like that once you know the shucking and jiving was over and now I'm trying to present you something y'all want to see this shit (laughs) you don't want to see me come through with a power ballad but okay um than the Jim Brown intro in South Carolina. Powerful. Because that shit is crazy as hell. And again, a reminder like, here's this man who is so benevolent towards you. I love you. I love your family. You think that this is a quote unquote good old white man? Mm-hmm. And if he hit you with that. You know, we don't allow niggas in the house. Like,
2: um, he, he he said it like it was three o'clock. Like,
1: you know, it's hey. three o'clock. He. <laughs> and- talking about? And the craziest part about it is he knew... That's family. James Nathaniel Brown. Like, I, I know, know you. Know you. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, we do not know you. Think, you. About the, think about how they related. Think about right.
2: the history between right. the families. The families go back, back but...
0: Since we got to this island.
2: Right, right. Oh, mm-hmm. look, I'm, you look, I made yes, the same face. Know. Like, huh?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, your families go way back, I bet. Right, I bet. Exactly. I bet.
0: exactly
2: um you know what that's it. you know what that scene reminds me of what and i really have when when the when the when the conversation of why why don't we get all the top athletes in high school to go to hbcus right mm-hmm. because it reminds me of moments like this like because the sec if you're a football player and you were talented um and you want to have a good shot at going to professional you know nfl Chances mm-hmm. are you're going to play in the, in the SEC. Like It's been that way for quite some time. We're talking about Ole Miss. we talking about Alabama. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Louisiana, mm-hmm. Mississippi State. Like, mm-hmm. We're talking about some southern, southern, southern parts of this country. Yep. Where that shit is embedded in the soil there, literally. Yep. Texas and Alabama played this year, and Texas beat them at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Alabama has no problem bragging about the rings, bragging about how great the program is, bragging about black players who have gone from their program and going on to NFL success.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: However, when you see a group of black players from Texas who just beat your team, you're yelling from the student section, go back to the project. So mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. fucking, like, you fucking niggers. Like, you this and that. It's And, a it, it,
3: it, uh-huh.
2: and I never listened for the, the full disclosure i never had sec talent ever you Mm -hmm. know what i mean as far as athletics like i just wasn't i would have never been in the sec or that that position so i've never been 16 17 with somebody telling me this is the best position to to set your family up for life Mm -hmm. whether you like it or not will you make that sam cook decision to put up with this bullshit um you know in exchange for financial freedom never been in that position myself yeah but man, oh man, it's hard to sit there and call myself an alum and be proud and give back and give donations to schools that I know if I was doing anything else would hate my black ass. Mm-hmm. That's sure. what that scene reminds me of.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, it, It's not just those schools. It's, it's really...
2: Fair. They, fair, that's a very good point. It's not just those schools.
0: It, it's really all of it. And I was going to say to your point though, they're also... You know, now I live in the South, but I'm still very much a Big Ten girl. Go Bucks Mm -hmm. um, and Matt, go Rockets. But
2: uh, (laughs) straight like that.
0: But um, a lot of the players in the SEC, and obviously I'm just spitballing, but I would think that a lot of them stay close ish to home. You know what I'm saying? Like, Very rarely is somebody from Ohio coming down to play in Alabama, I mean, or Louisiana, shout out to Joe Burrow, but a lot of times those players are already familiar with the culture of where they are. And it may be different. It might be state hopping, but laterally, you know what I'm saying? Where we see a lot of the Southern players come up North to play, but I don't, I don't know that it's the same with players from the North coming South to play and the environment is a little bit different. So I would think that some of them they already know that that's how it is. We already know that that's how they get down. That's how they feel. That's what's embedded in them. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Very yeah. interesting.
2: A very interesting concept to look at. And, you know, there's obviously um, economic issues between the disparities yeah. between. So we, we won't get into all that, but. Or, Interesting conversation, to say the least.
0: Especially um, as we consider like the success of Colorado. You know what I'm saying? The the mm-hmm. change culture over there.
2: Yep. Right. Right. So, that's, okay. yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. I know you talked about the intros. I also want to throw in Malcolm X's just for the simple fact that it's a very important to remember that this is a few months after JFK's assassination. hmm Um, and as i said sam cook was the biggest person out there but michael max was not liked and obviously he was on the outs with nation of islam
3: yeah
2: um what else did you have down the school did you have anything written down as far as your scenes something you
1: want to go into um no i'm i'm with you guys you just want to join the combo? yeah yeah the opening opening scene um like you said malcolm max uh was was on the outs, and everything he had is owned by the nation of islam Crazy. So, that's a shitty position to be in, man. Feds yeah. watching you. Sheesh. I couldn't imagine
2: what that's like to look out the window and knowing mm-hmm. that them people you ain't paranoid. Like, nah, them people really following me. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Norm Nixon, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Shout out to Norm. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm McCash is before the fight. Um, Just yep. that I guess it's more that introduction of where these people are. 22-year-old Cassius. Mm. um. I keep calling Cash's because, like I said, that was his name still. So it lets you know what it's like for someone to be on that verge of making that big transition and mm-hmm. how much he trusted Malcolm. Um, I think it's important to remember Malcolm was what 38, 37, 38 at this time. Mm-hmm. So this is really like a younger brother, more of an uncle nephew type of situation. Like, so mm-hmm. there's a nice little age gap. Um, so I definitely enjoyed that. And um, the heavyweight fight, obviously, Cash's since that he's joining the nation and then Sam and Joe chime in, and that's kind of where the conversation starts as far as the film goes, Um, and that's what starts the most of it, but I think there's one big scene, unless you've got something else minor, uh, there's one big scene that we all have to get into.
0: Go ahead.
2: Well, we all agree that the rooftop, I guess that's the start of I guess the 30, 35 minute run, the the heart of this movie. For sure. Um, So yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Go ahead. I'm just thinking of where to start, man. (laughs) For for one, you have this incredible setting and this incredible backdrop. It was beautifully shot by Regina King Mm -hmm. uh, with the fireworks in the back and just just nothing like being on a rooftop overlooking the city. It's Mm -hmm. one of those just dope moments no matter where you are. Um, Michael lets them know that he sensed this feeling in the air. Yep. And we talked about their relationship earlier and how they are friends. That's worrisome mm-hmm. when your friends start talking about you know foreboding death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in the air, and you you know enough of the position that he holds in life
3: mm-hmm. to
2: where it, he ain't tripping.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um you and know this that. Really, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's essentially what led them to the rooftop, his paranoia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point.
2: Sure. That's a great point. And they got Malcolm Riled up, up there, especially Sam. Yeah. Um, for one. Lighting up, some my nigga. Taking your camera, flipping around. That camera broke. I'd have, I'd have been mad as hell.
1: Hell yeah! His wife bought him that.
2: Yeah, I ain't gonna be mad. They you. you said what?
0: He <laughs> none ain't had no money.
2: Yeah, his wife bought that. Yeah, they was broke. Yeah. Um. You know who
0: Sam reminded me of a lot in this movie? What's that? Cue from the Best Man.
1: Mm, okay, I I can. I can dig that. that.
2: Mm. <laughs> okay, are you talking about just the oh the way he carried it?
0: I'm talking that, the way he carried it. That, that the way going. he egged it on, mm-hmm. <clears throat> went back off, knew that it was going too far, and had the ability to stop it,
1: but wouldn't?
0: Wouldn't? Nope. It, Couldn't? It for your own, nope. you know, even you got to get your shit off. You got to get. Your shit back.
1: Yeah,
2: and you, Sam Cook. So. Yeah all the shit, all the shit you've been talking, and, and Rachel, you alluded to it earlier. There's some personal shots here, some attacks mm-hmm. of character.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You're telling me all I'm doing is catering to white people, pandering to white people. Um, there was even the line, well, I'll get into it right now. Sam hit him with the yo, you the one that don't belong. Mm-hmm. Like, look up here, up like, mm-hmm. what do you do?
3: Yeah, you
2: don't play no sports, you don't sing, you don't act. Mm-hmm. Like you like other mother people, you just you just want to be close to the stars. You just close <laughs> enough to seen some shit. It hey, was, you ain't really with us, and that would have cut. That, that would cut. cut. I ain't gonna hold you.
0: Not Malcolm being Harper. <laughs>
1: but... <laughs> That's real though.
0: Go ahead,
1: school. Nah, I was gonna say, but Malcolm cut him back though, man.
0: Damn, cut his
1: ass back, mm. damn no, <laughs> You the only person the white people people
2: seem to like. Yeah, yeah, man. Being told you obsessed with the stars is was crazy, though. Yes. Nah, You're absolutely right, especially in 1964. Mm-hmm. You know, I was told like that's why all the white people like you, nigga. That's, what this is worse than that? But, hey. I don't, I, know know. I don't know if it
0: is
2: one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Even don't now. Know.
0: <laughs>
2: you just managed to be around for shit. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Sheesh. Uh, but as we move into the room, the one thing I will say, me and school laugh about this shit all the time. We was getting weak, like a couple weeks about it. Um, uh well, can, brother Kareem, brother oh, Kareem yeah. came up on the roof.
3: Yeah,
2: and him and Jim Brown got into it, and that nigga gave him that look. Hey. He wanted to do something. <laughs> God is great. Yes, God God great. great. Hey. Hey. The self control. Yes, that it would take to you know what? You're right. God is God, crazy, man. I don't, I don't want no problem. I don't want. I don't no want also, problem. Jim Brown. Yeah. It's also,
1: Jim Brown. That's the most uh, important part. That's also Jim Brown. Also. I I like the when they're going back in the room and and Ali tells Sam Cook like man you you supposed to be cool Sam he said man I'm trying to be cool with this sandpaper nigga around like Yo, yeah. hey
2: <laughs> that's real listen it's like that some people have a it's a there's a a, a ticking time bomb. I got two hours with this nigga. Everything cool, and after a while, they just—it naturally is going to happen. And obviously, Sam alluded to the fact that you ain't you. You be you now. You this nigga who's on TV all the time. And we talked about how Malcolm had to be. That's who he was paranoid.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: paranoid. Uh, But them going back in the room, um, Malcolm telling him that, telling them that everyone needs to be pissed off. Like I said, it came a little later. Black people are dying on the streets. FBI might be, you know, he what you need to be doing with your money, what you need to be doing with your fame. You know, Mm -hmm. Jim gives back to black-owned businesses. You know, the fans might be following any moment now, which I love Jim's response. Nigga, you don't fucking jinx me. Like, what you want? He called that man a monkey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He called Sam a monkey, man. Just like you were, you a up toy, pretty much. You a monkey to entertain. Sheesh. I think it was, I think it was Jim that said, um, you know, you guys pulled out the knives, but if I get cut. I get problems. Yep,
0: for sure.
2: Yeah, and called out Malcolm on all this shit. You know, as far as President Kennedy, uh, I thought that was a real cool moment. Not cool, but a lot of Black people had that sentiment. Yeah,
0: um, even and though look, there was a lot
2: of racial divide,
0: yeah, or try to not recant it, but try to smooth that over.
2: Yeah, that was one of the things that kind of led to him being shut down from speaking. Right. Yeah. You know, when the nation said, "Like, yo, what the fuck are you on?" Mm-hmm.
1: Well, um. Yeah, according to the book, um, he was told not to say anything, period, about it. And he still... And he
0: still did. He,
1: he still decided to say something. It was just mm-hmm. like, come on, man. And historically, Black people love John F. Kennedy. It just is what it is. Like, it's just one of those things that in the 60s, Black people would not go Like, they couldn't agree with Malcolm on that one. Like, ooh. Like, yeah. he said, Sam Cooke and him. Like, my mama cried when he died. Like...
0: Niggas had JFK in their house next
1: to mm-hmm.
0: Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. yep. said <laughs> MLK.
2: MLK wasn't even up there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm tripping.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that says it all. That mm-hmm. says it all. The the, all right. the triangle offense. Um <laughs> I guess the last conversation ties around the records being played, mm-hmm. what your responsibility is. Yeah. yeah. On the roof, we learned that Sam would rather go, you know, he's preparing for, the, he'd rather prepare for the Copa than go to Accra, uh, to go on the, uh, to the Mecca,
3: mm-hmm. you know, on a
2: pilgrimage, to go see the pyramids, to go to Africa, to go see all these things. And who's right? Who's wrong? Is there a right? Is there a wrong? Is financial freedom, as Jim told Malcolm, if we really want to be free, then economic freedom is it. Absolutely, that's a big that's a big thing now. You have those conversations happen today with people like Jay Z
0: mm-hmm. in the NFL. For sure. You know,
2: um, what is your responsibility to your community versus your own personal responsibility for your finances, for your family, and to give back? Um I can't help the poor if I'm one of them, so I got rich and gave back to me. That's the win win. Shout out to Hope. There's a whole bar for everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, is there a right answer? Is there a wrong answer? I don't think anybody's perfect or will ever perfect it. Yeah.
0: I don't think that there is. Um, I think the difference in this scenario, like you don't want to go because why? You want to prepare for this show. You can prepare anytime. When are they going to have you back? Is it set in stone? You already just bombed this shit. Like we're asking you to come cool with your niggas.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking
0: you to come over here And do anything I'm asking you to take a trip with friends Like to bond and break bread And share And candidly obviously you ain't fuck with that Muslim shit We knew that he was a Fairly devout Christian You know or at least he was a gospel singer Before he crossed over Mm -hmm. So um, I wonder if even some of the Differences there uh, Spiritually affected their friendship and in the car we see Malcolm or Cassius tell Sam like this won't affect our friendship but you don't know because the reality is is that sometimes it does when people change uh spiritually <laughs> when they're yeah. no longer alone you know
1: yeah especially once you start deep diving in into it like you get in that deep dive then yeah and we all know famously that And if you don't know that Malcolm X and um, Cassius Clay, essentially Muhammad Ali, did separate friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, He talks about in the autobiography of Malcolm X. He says, like, I have nothing but love for Cassius Clay or Muhammad Ali, but at this time we're not speaking. Like, he won't speak to me. Not like the quarrel. Yeah, it's the quarrel. Like, I'm reaching, but he ain't. He won't reach back out to me. So. Um, and I'm sure that's something that Muhammad Ali would, you know, regret, but you know, we live oh, he, on record saying that that's his yeah. biggest regret in life. is not his Make friendship, it. his ended
2: friendship with, uh, Malcolm X. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Absolutely. So like I said, that's part of the whole, you see this beautiful moment and this beautiful night and you know, everything's going to change in the span of a year. Mm-hmm. And it's never yeah. going to be like that again. So that's why it's really important. Um, there's other things, you know, with colorism, that's a conversation we've had a million times. We don't have to dive into that. Um, yeah. But the point is they dove into a lot of classic and classic is not the right word, but uh, age old yeah. conversations um, mm-hmm. that are had within the community.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: I thought they did a very good job of using these four men
1: who we know met and use our imagination to see what they really talked about. It's um, just, and yeah. even, even like when you think of a brother like Malcolm X, like we all have our breaking point. Like when yeah. Sam Cook mentioned his dad, like your daddy should have beat you hard enough or whatever he said. Like, and then Malcolm X wanted to whoop his shit. Like we all have that button. <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. You like, yeah. Muhammad wanted to, or Kasha should I say one or two? All of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of them got riled up and yep. I love when, I love Regina using the mirror um there were scenes where they would go in the bathroom and kind of obviously the looking at yourself in the mirror all that (laughs) while these conversations were going on um but i just thought it was a good historical piece just for us to have a little bit of fun with our heroes Mm -hmm. um or whether if they're not heroes maybe they were heroes at one point or these humans these important figures because as rachel said you do enough living you know jim brown in 1964 ain't the same jim brown um you know, who passed yeah. away in 2023, and that's just kind of what it is. You know, I'm not faulting mm-hmm. him for that, it's just a fact. That's just that's mm-hmm. just the way of life. Um, so yeah, sometimes you don't remember for those who do remember Jim Brown in that way. Maybe that was a good reminder of what times were like and what he did mean at a certain point. Um, before sure. he started having you know different beliefs than uh what he had around this time. But sure. one last random thing that I want to say before we get into quotes and wrap this up. Boston, which I always think of, anytime I see live music, I think of Ray P. Um, but in the world, am I the only person that gets wild sometimes that, yo, these people that we look at in movies, they, they were actually, we talked about a little bit on Get On Up. People mm-hmm. actually existed and there are people who walked this earth that saw them perform live. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, Sam Cooks. just seeing Sam Cook perform live would have been crazy. It would have been crazy being there that night. It reminds me of Big Sis. Like, my Big Sis went to FAMU. She went to HBCU. She saw Biggie perform. Mm-hmm. And that still blows my mind every time I think yeah. about it. Like, yo, my nigga, you saw Biggie.
1: That's insane. And that's crazy.
2: Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine seeing, you know, especially people we don't have a chance to see anymore. Yep. Huh. Anyway, best quotes, Ray P. You got anything?
0: Um, I only have a couple. Of course, uh, you know, we're going allow niggas in house because what? Mm. Uh, you mean no one else is coming? But I wanted to get some pussy tonight,
3: really.
0: <laughs> and just because I'm militant don't mean I don't know how to have a good time.
2: <laughs> That's that it. nigga said. That That's nigga funny. said I got I got more rep than one, two, all three of you fools. Whatever
1: you said. <laughs> start using. Start using quotes from the '40s and slang, <laughs> slang from the '40s.
2: Yeah, sit down, Michael. Man, it's important. To, though he was like older than everybody by like at least what? I think Sam was 30. Michael was 38. Jim mm-hmm. Brown was 28 and Muhammad was 22. Catches should I say? So, yeah. School, you got anything? No. Uh, I got a few. Obviously, got to start with the most important. God is great. Uh, <laughs> of course, I'm going to sound like a heathen for my next one. was <laughs> when a uh, sandwich cook was in the hotel room with his wife, <laughs> get on over here, girl, let me smell those panties. <laughs> um, I thought that shit was hilarious. Uh, was that his wife? Yeah. You know. <laughs> That was Bobby Womack's future wife. Oh man, chill out,
1: man. And <laughs> it was pretty- enough in the movie. And they mentioned him in the movie. Like, come on, they was dirty. Yeah, they they were they that was a little bit funny. That was dirty.
2: <laughs> oh. the line that probably made me laugh the most the first time I watched this film. What's wrong, brother? Ain't your shit safe in the black community? <laughs> when my <laughs> husband was going for that camera. <laughs> This lot, damn ass. Yeah, Sam. Hey, Sam was definitely. Hey, Rachel, you you on something with that Q shit? Cause he was just doing a little. Yeah. Like, nigga, shut up.
1: You know uh-huh. mess.
2: Um, oh. this one made me think of life. Why you gotta? Why you gotta push back so hard on everything, Sam? Cause am a pushy motherfucker. <laughs> um, I'm Jim, motherfucking Brown. Why don't you be like Bing Crosby about that shit, man, and accentuate the motherfucking positive? Yeah. And then everybody wants a slice of the pie, not me. I want the recipe mm. that was a bar. Um so shout out to everybody involved. Scene Steelers.
0: Leslie Odom. I mean that's a best performance for me.
2: That's it. Hands down Leslie Odom. Um I do want to shout out to the brother played Jamal. I thought his scene, you know, the the, the, the thief from Toledo
3: <laughs>
2: um I thought that was an entertaining scene. Christian Magby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. Things that bother you? Does anybody have anything? I think Rachel no. said the biggest one: letting Malcolm plan after party. Yeah, that's, that's insane behavior. <laughs> insane behavior.
0: Y'all should have known it was going to be some bullshit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Any actors from The Wire? Hell yeah, yeah. of course.
3: Man. Hell
2: yeah, we got two of them: Lance Reddick, the late great Lance Reddick, great. Um, who we lost. He played Kareem X, and then we also have Lawrence Gillard Jr. Where the fuck is Wallace String? <laughs> Played D'Angelo Barksdale. Um, and also want to shout out to Michael Imperioli. He wasn't in the Wire, but he is in The Sopranos. Chris yeah. Moltisanti, Sopranos, fresh on the brain. Part uh-huh. of the uh, good The Sopranos. Got to shout them out. Um, as far as wouldn't let that happen to me. Do y'all have anything? No. Nah, the '60s was different. <laughs> school, you, you got yeah, it. hear that was definitely different. But I would have, I would have fucked with it though. I ain't gonna hold you. Um, school. Any trivia? No. Um, I got a few small things that I want to say. Leslie Odom Jr. is the fourth person to receive an Oscar nomination in acting and music categories for the same film. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Jim Brown's daughter, Kimberly Brown, she had a small role as Sonny Liston's wife. If you look in the crowd and you see some some paying away shots at Sonny Liston's wife saying, go, baby. That's Mm -hmm. her. That's Jim Brown's wife. So that was a shout out to them. And also, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, his real wife, Nicolette Robinson, plays Barbara Cook in this film. So, real on screen couple. I obviously. wouldn't want that. I wouldn't even want my wife to play that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at you for real. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you on that. That's one of those things that, eh,
1: yeah. Um,
0: Wait, what did you just say? I wouldn't. Ooh, me
1: or school? Both. I said I, I, wouldn't was say, um, the, I wouldn't want my real wife to play that role just because of the history. play like
0: your no real wife?
1: No. To play, the history behind Sam Cook's w- wife and all. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
2: so given the fact that I wouldn't even want that omen over my shit. Yeah. Don't even play, I don't want, I don't even want you playing Barbara Cook. Like, yeah. uh-huh. With that being said, I might not even want to play Sam. That's
1: some wild <laughs> shit, man. If y'all look up Sam Cook and Bobby, Bobby Womack, that's all you need to look up. You're going to get all of that.
2: Him. Even his death, all of that, man. It's just, yeah. it's just crazy, man. It's one of those things. Um, can't end this podcast without mentioning Change Gonna Come.
1: For sure. One of those
2: songs that gets me like, it makes me feel something every time I hear it. Every time. Mm-hmm. Every single time. It never fails. It and never fails. shout
1: out to uh, Leslie Odom Jr. for for his rendition. It's beautiful. Like, it's it's <laughs> Yeah, he's dope. He's dope.
0: He's...
2: Also, very random. So there's four main characters. They didn't know how to group them for award season. So they decided that Kingsley and Eli would be um, best acting or main or, you know, and and Leslie and um, Aldis be supporting. Okay. I think
1: stupid, but okay.
2: Yeah, it was just decided. There was no, like, real rhyme or reason behind it. Like, a lot of pundits said all four of them should have been nominated for the same thing or been grouped together. Yeah. Um, Mm. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting because Leslie could have, he might have won best
3: actor. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Nominated for best actor,
3: easy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Even though he didn't win this, but the nomination was very valid. Mm-hmm. We get to the end of the episode. We have to rate this film. The average viewer rates one night in Miami a 7.1 out of 10. School, too high, too low,
1: just right. Uh I'm gonna say it's too low, but not by much. I'm going 7.4. Okay. Right, P. Just right. I'm
2: going a solid seven five. I feel good with that. I feel good with that. Um, this is one that I wouldn't mind to revisit sometime in the future. You know, who knows what? Who knows what the two, three years have from now? Mm-hmm. But whatever we are doing at that time, you know, I'm sure Mike will still probably be in front of us. Um, <laughs> sure. Maybe we'll have some thoughts about this. You know, but other than that, Ray P, school. Appreciate the both of y'all. Nah, we appreciate Always. you. <laughs> always Um, appreciate the conversation for everybody out there listening and watching. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, We will be back next week, next Thursday with another film. Uh, We back rolling until the end of the season, end of the end of the year, should I say? Um, And we'll have more stuff tuned in. Don't forget about, we got y'all. Don't forget about school's guilty pleasures. Check our link tree out. You will find all that information there. Please subscribe to it. So you don't miss anything. Y'all be cool. How Y'all be cool. Peace.
0: Ooh, that fresh color looks good.
2: Thank
3: Bye,
2: you. guys. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> be cool, man.
3: Peace.